Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Relentless Pursuits Podcast. My name is Sean Claybrooks and I am the host. I am so excited tonight. I have to tell you, I'm excited about our guest because I know what's going to happen tonight. People are going to be set free. You're going to get wisdom and knowledge and we're just going to go and grow. But let me give you just some background history about who we have here with us tonight. You know, our guest, he's the CEO of Weathers Agency, which is a global brand design and consulting firm. He has vast business and marketing experience from several successful years in the corporate arena. He previously worked respectively as an executive account manager and corporate trainer in two Fortune 500 companies. From the corporate experience, he aptly serves and provides strategies to create synergy for success. Not only is he anointed in the marketplace, but he's also an ordained minister, possessing 30 plus years of ministry experience, overseer, lead pastor, and church planner. His mission is to be a prophetic voice to his generation and beyond. His aim is to be pressed, is to present a message of clarity, relevance, with no compromise for revelation and adherence to sound biblical truths that transcends generations and trends of society. Due to his honed oratorical skill, which you will experience tonight, and his scholarship and impeccable presentation, he is a sought-out speaker. He maintains an extensive itinerary, speaking, preaching, and teaching at secular and religious conferences, revivals, and ministry events in the United States and abroad. Join me in welcoming Larry Weathers as we discuss the 21st century church and how leaders can maintain their relevance during times of change. Welcome, Pastor Weathers. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here with you, and great, great humility on my part that you would share your platform with me, and what a joy it is to be here, and I'm excited what God will do tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, I just wanted to thank you because I know um, you're busy. You're busy doing so many different things. So just to be able to have this opportunity to sit at your feet and glean from your wisdom is outstanding. You know, I've been following you for quite some time and um, just all of your messages. I remember you would have your online Bible study messages online and I would listen to your messages and I would look at your um, posts, your different Facebook posts, and you would word things in such a way that I'd say, wait a minute, I was thinking that, but I couldn't articulate it. He articulated what I was thinking. And so there was something that I heard you say, and I would like you to just expound on it a little. You used a phrase out of the box, but still in the book to describe your journey of transitioning out of religion and tradition. Can you share with us about that? Absolutely. I, I, that actually goes all the way back to MySpace days, believe it or yes. not. I uh, was very heavily involved in MySpace. And if you can remember, 
in MySpace days, the church frowned on any activity on MySpace. Yes. They called it the devil's playground. And, yes. and uh, I had pastors that, that stopped having me come preach at their church because wow. I had my church on MySpace. It was that deep. But I remember then we were presenting the truth of God's word in such a way. And that phrase came out of those days. Real, mm. relevant, raw came out. But then out of the box, but in the book. And where that came from was no matter how progressive, contemporary we may be in our methods, we must always be tethered to the word of God. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that there's an exact scripture. It doesn't mean that there's an exact verse you can go to that may describe what you're doing. But what it means is, is that we should always have the mind of God no matter what we do. And I've done some pretty outlandish things when it comes to soul winning and it comes to doing ministry, but I've always kept with me, what does the book say? How does the Bible view souls, the value of a soul? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, whosoever will, let them come. There's an aspect of us that no matter how progressive and contemporary we get, are we looking at this thing through the lens of God's word? And when we do that, what it does is it doesn't limit us. I've never felt limited in ministry. I've never felt bound in ministry. Once God set me free from religion and all of that uh, bondage that I was in growing up, and you know that's all I knew. And we we thought we were doing the will of God, but didn't realize yeah. some of us cults and being brainwashed. But when God delivered me and set me free, I actually found freedom and liberty because the Word of God brought not bondage. It brought boundaries and parameters. Wow. And those parameters gave me guidelines that said, don't go outside of this, because if you go outside of this, you're stepping away from the book. You're stepping away from the Bible, from God's word, his way. And those parameters within it, though, I found freedom to do any kind of ministry that God laid on my heart. So we've always uh, made that a mantra for us, that we are definitely out of the box. You cannot box in our ministry. You can't box me into anything. Yeah. But I promise you, if you follow me and if you mm. really follow you will always see that I'm biblically based and I Absolutely. make that an intentional point in my ministry. And that's where they came from. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are biblically based. And you know what I love about um, your teachings and just the messages that you give? It, it causes us to think and examine why we think what we think. Why do we do the things that we do? Can we explain why? And and you said that you grew up in the church. So you had been up in the church for years. Yes. Yes, wow. absolutely. Wow. So, absolutely. Huh, so if you had to hire a pastor or a leader today, what would you look for in that pastor or leader? And how is that different from what was expected of pastors or leaders in the past? Years ago, if you were a great preacher and a great presenter of the gospel, then you would be considered a successful pastor. Now, you may have horrible people skills, horrible interpersonal skills. You may not understand psychology, sociology, anthropology, mm. but if you could preach, if you could get the people shouting, then yeah. you could actually be classified as a great pastor. <laughs> and praise God, we've grown from then. And honestly... Uh, as I look at structures and I look at constructs for church, I wouldn't be looking for a single pastor. 
What, what, what I see, President, what we really need to do is get back to the original model of the church. And God's intention was never for this to be centered around one person. When you look at scripture, he sent the disciples out two by two. When you look at the early church, all of the disciples and apostles worked together to pastor the churches. And when it grew beyond them, they created a second tier of leadership, but they pulled more people into the equation. I would look for a team of people, three to four people that had great gifts and skill sets in different things, but pull them together in synergy, teach them how to play off one another, how to complement weaknesses and strengths and let that team go to work. It does two things. Number one, it takes the responsibility off of one person, but it also keeps us from entering into idol worship. And that's what happened with the pastorate. We made the pastorate about pedestals and putting men and women in places they were never meant to be. We made them idols. And when their humanity showed through too much, yeah. it disrupted what we thought pastors should be. Pastors took on responsibilities they never should have taken on. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. My early years of pastoring, I was counseling at the church and I would be at the church sometimes 12 and 14 hours yeah. in a day listening to all the problems of people, dispensing wisdom, I'm thinking, and knowledge, and not realizing God never commanded me to provide mm. counseling to his people. Wow. In Jeremiah 3.15, it gives the qualification of pastor. It said you should feed the sheep with knowledge and understanding. God never intended for us to be God. He never intended for us to tell you who to marry. He never intended for uh, us to tell you what job to mm. take. Our job was to teach you how to have a relationship with Jesus, model that in front of you so you saw it in real time, and then get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do its job. So if I was looking for pastors today, they would have to be well-adjusted in their mind to work with other people. They would have to be tolerant of people's journey to Jesus. Everybody doesn't come to Jesus through the sanctified church. Everybody right. doesn't come to Jesus through the Methodist or Baptist church. Some people come to Jesus through Christian science. Some people come to Jesus through being Buddhist or atheist or Gnostic. So pastors in this hour have to be tolerant, open, and accepting because if Jesus said, whosoever will let them come, well, who are we to qualify Amen. what that whosoever looks like? And that's what I would be looking at if I was putting together pastorate for a church. Today, yeah, that, that is so interesting. And then I love the words that you use when you, um, your platform, Larry Weathers Live, um, the words are real, relevant, and raw. Why those three words? Why? I get it. it. It comes, it goes back many years in my ministry. I, I always sought to be real and relevant. And in my pursuit of that, <laughs> my expressions became raw. And, and so the raw part <laughs> came on the, the tail end of that. Uh, but, but in order to be real, you have to have clarity about who you are. And it's not just real. Mm -hmm. I hear people say, I'm keeping it real. And they talk right. to people crazy and condescending. That's not where the mm -hmm. real comes from me. It's first of all, being real to God, being true to God, honest, transparent, bare, naked before him. The second aspect is being real to yourself. Mm -hmm. I had to find my identity. My, my father was a bishop, grew up in church. All I know is church. But Larry had to find his identity. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. I didn't find it 
until I had some great falls in my life. Wow. And I started preaching when I was 15 years old. And that journey of preaching as a teenager, and I've always kind of sounded like an old man. People said I had an old soul. <laughs> and so I never quite had the frivolity of childhood and just being young and a young adult and running around. So, so much of my life was so incubated. I didn't really know who I was. And at some of my lowest points of personal failure, I met Jesus there and he stripped away everything that I had become under these auspices of church and mm. introduced me to who Larry was. And mm. once I knew who I was and my identity was secure, that realness kicked into me. My ministry changed, my sound changed, the authority changed, the power of God changed in my life. And I promised God I would never go back to anything different than being real. The relevant piece, a lot of people think relevant is torn jeans and wearing Jordans or, or wearing your hair a certain way or using right. slang. Relevance at its core. And I teach this to everybody that I can share it with. Relevance is simply being effective. Mm, I could have on a three piece, a three piece suit, wingtip shoes, and I still could reach those that are unchurched because it's about being effective. You cannot, though, be effective without being intentional. And this is where sometimes in church we miss it because we operate on sensationalism, emotionalism. When if you're going to be relevant, you have to step away from some of the sensation and you have to be mm. intentional strategic, methodical, that your actions are not wasted on frivolity and foolishness, but that I'm intentionally going after this soul, or I'm intentionally posting this message on Facebook, or I'm intentionally reaching out to these individuals. That's where relevance comes in. And I'm one of the most strategic and methodical individuals when it comes to ministry, because I want to be effective. And the raw piece comes in, that when it comes to what we do for God, it does not need preservatives. It doesn't need additives. It mm. doesn't need us to change it. Matter of fact, mm. the word of God says, if you add or take away from his word, that there is a curse that is applied to your life. God wants us to tell it like it is, but do it the way he did it in love, full of grace mm. and truth. Love. So when you put real relevant and raw together, then you have a package that you can present to the world. They see authenticity, they see the anointing, but they also see your discipline to never veer away from God's word or add to it just to make it palpable to the masses. Do you think that a lack of any of these could hinder the growth of a church or an organization? And, how, and how can a leader change in that or how can they grow in that that's an excellent question it definitely can affect the growth of a church organization and, and for this reason and I'll, I'll say not even just the lack of i'll say the misappropriation of because mm -hmm. a lot of people think they're being relevant but they've missed it and so they get frustrated because they say we've got the lights and we had the smoke machines and we made our sanctuary dark and we're serving coffee in the lobby. We still can't get people to show up because again, if the focus is on being relevant, you're going to find out what is it that these people really need. It may have nothing to do with the aesthetics mm. of the church. They may sit on paint buckets in your mm. sanctuary. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I, in the early days of ministry, I didn't have all the accoutrement of ministry. We, we had construction going. I remember once we had half the sanctuary was, was it with two by fours because we were building out half the sanctuary. We had plastic on it. We worshiping in the other half of the sanctuary. We had to keep the saints from running into the plastic. So the <laughs> ushers were, <laughs> the ushers were, were trying to keep them from running into the plastic. So we didn't catch an insurance claim and no one cared. <laughs> The church yeah. grew and grew and mm. grew because we were being relevant. So I would say to those that are finding an issue, step back for a second. Get your eyes off of what mega churches are doing. Uh, I think so many times people try to match what they see mega churches doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to just let you know, because I've had a chance to work with a lot of mega churches behind the scenes and do a lot of branding, marketing, even consulting. Well, you don't realize, Pastor, you have 80 people, 100 people, and you're looking at a mega church of thousands of people. What you don't realize is they have a whole team. They have a marketing team. Mm. They have a PR team. There are people helping them write their sermons. There are people that are taking polls and are coming back telling the pastor, this is what the congregation yes. wants to hear. You don't have all those tools at your, at your disposal. So if you try to copy what they're doing, it will not work for you because it's not relevant for you. Hmm. Here's how you change this. Get back in touch with those you lead. Have conversations. Take people to dinner. Take them to coffee. Don't make it super spiritual. Don't turn it yeah. into a prayer service or a deliverance service. Talk to them. Ask them what's going on with them. Ask them what would they like to hear from the pulpit. Sometimes as pastors, we get arrogant thinking we're the only one that hears from God. There are people mm. in your congregation that God is speaking to. Have That's you ever good. considered asking the congregation? That's what good, Pastor Webber. Come on here now. That's good, what has Pastor God been saying to y'all? What has mm. God been revealing to you in your prayer time? You take that information mm. and with your skill and ability, craft sermons and sermon series out of that well, guess what's going to happen when someone sees a sermon series based on something they know God showed them? You're yeah. humble enough as a leader to say, mm -hmm. I'm going to take that and expound on it and preach it. You've now made your congregation excited and now they're ready yeah. to listen to you. Yeah. That is relevance. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get it back. You will never get it back bringing in a church consultant. You will never get it back going to a church growth seminar. You'll get it back. My sheep know my voice. Mm. You've got to connect back to the people you lead and let them tell you what relevance wow. means to them. My, and then my sheep. Enough, yeah. Come on. My sheep know my voice. So the and, and sheep I, know. Mm. Come on. There it is. Oh my, and, and, that's the weather. Yes. And here's here's what we don't flip. We mm. should flip that. Not only do my sheep know my voice, the shepherd ought to know the voice of the sheep. Mm. See, mm. I, I never forget my, my daughter. I was working at a church in San Diego mm. and my daughter went to the, they had a Christian Academy there. And so I was working in my office, never forget this. And my daughter, she was young in kindergarten age. They were all outside playing and outside of my office, I could hear them all playing during recess. It was a whole bunch of kids out there. But Alexis started screaming and other kids were screaming, mm. but Alexis started screaming. I was sitting in my office. I jumped up because I recognized my baby scream. 
And what happens is when pastors get too disconnected from the house and from the people they're supposed to lead, you've got sheep screaming. My, 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 my. Pastors aren't moving because they don't know the sound of the sheep, but yet Mm. you want them to know the sound of your voice. My, 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 (laughs) Pastor Wellness. I feel Mm. like preaching. Oh, my, my. (laughs) So the shepherd needs to know the sound of the sheep's voice, just like the sheep know the Lord's voice. My, 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 my. Mm. Yes, ma'am. I got to digest that, Pastor Weathers. Would you you come on here and do that for? Oh, my. God showed that to me years ago. He said, man, he said, y'all preach. My sheep know my voice. He said, but do you not realize that Mm. that one main reason that I created the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you was so that I could learn your voice? Mm. That, That when you cry to me, I would know that's you. You have a unique sound. Nobody else has the sound that you make. And and God wants us to know as pastors, you are not qualified for them to know your voice if you won't take the time to learn their voice. And that's why one one person, now this is going to get me in trouble. Mm. Uh, uh, Pastor Sean is going to get me in trouble. But that's why one person can't Mm. effectively pastor thousands of people. It's impossible. Absolutely. It's statistics teach us one person can effectively pastor 80, maybe 90 people, one person. So once you hit 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, thousands of people, Mm. there have to be Mm. so many pastors that are involved. Why? So that somebody can hear the scream of sheep that's, that's far away. Somebody's mm. got to know that voice. Right, right. Wow, that is powerful. That's powerful because imagine a church full of sheep crying and nobody hearing them. It happens every Sunday. That's why people leave the same way they came. And I say it this way, people actually leave worse because if you yes. showed up to church needing something, and and you had expectation of getting it and you yeah. leave and it didn't happen, you don't leave the same, you leave worse. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Wow, I don't even want to move on. That's so good. <laughs> we oh could camp out goodness. right here. You could camp right here. Like for a whole week, you could camp right here. Well, listen, I know you talk a lot about creativity too. Yes. And the importance and the value of creativity. And now I want to ask you, in what ways would you say creatives are misunderstood in the church? That's such an excellent question. I I get that from so many different people because I'm a creative and uh, Mm -hmm. what I do in the graphic design space and marketing space, it affords me the opportunity to know what it's like for creatives. And here's what I tell people. God is not a theologian. God is a creative. And here's why I say this, because theology means the study of God. God never had to study himself. Amen. The first act God ever did wasn't to save somebody. It was nothing spiritual. Mm. In the beginning, God created. The essence of God is a creative. God's always moving. Creatives are always moving. They're fluid individuals. Mm-hmm. Creatives appear to be unsettled because they move one dimension, they switch up, they move another dimension. 
It looks like they change their mind constantly. Yes, people yes. Forget, people forget when they read their Bible, one minute God was going to kill Israel. The next minute God was saving Israel. Mm, mm. One minute he's walking to the cross. The next minute he's saying, let this cup pass from me. Mm. God is a creator. Yes, yes. And so many times creatives get misunderstood because people don't understand the nature of a creative is they're so sensitive to everything around them. I'm going to say it this way too. Many creatives are actually intercessors, but they're mm. not intercessors the place of having these great prayer gifts, but they're yeah. intercessors ability to be connected and to feel and to sense. And because they're so highly sensitive, sometimes if they're not carefully handled, they'll be completely broken in spirit. Mm. Mm. And when you break a creative mm. spirit, their gift won't flow. Mm. If you break a creative, someone is a creative musical genius, if you break their spirit, they can't sing. Mm. They can't paint. They can't dance. Not because they don't have the ability. And if you get the wrong person diagnosing you, the person will be looking at you saying, you're just lazy. You're just being shitless. You're just not using your gift, not understanding that person's spirit has been broken. And I've, I've mm. helped people through the years that have come through our churches and we have labored with them and restored them. And we literally watch people go from this broken spirit to this soaring eagle that mm. God created and them flowing in their gifts with freedom and liberty. And so those that are listening to us tonight and you're creative and you're in a stifling environment that yes. doesn't support who you are, you mm. may have to reconsider that environment because God's desire is that your creativity mm. be exploding in this season. Do you hear me? Yes, and, and yes. It's okay for me to just prophetically release Pastor yes. Sean. Can I, yes. I release right now that to every creative that has been blocked that has been glory to yes. god has mm. been hindered has been stifled i decree and declare over you right now by the power of the name of jesus christ that you be set free in your mind and your spirit mm. healing and wholeness is happening right now and the world is going to be introduced to your genius this year Hallelujah, hallelujah. And for all of you mm. that are dealing with a Saul that's trying to throw a javelin and mm. pin you to the wall as he did mm. David, mm. I render those efforts futile in the name of Jesus. And I'd say to you, mm. no weapon, thank you, Jesus, formed against mm. you will be able to prosper in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Mm. How can pastors and leaders do better, would you say, at attracting the unchurched or those who've declared they're just done with the church? One way is, is through a word, compassion. And, and remembering that all of us at one point was without Christ. Even if you were born in the church, you were without him. Compassion. Yeah. Consideration that everybody's experience is not yours. And one way to reach the unchurched is by not becoming carnal and worldly. That's a misconception. Mm. We think to reach the unchurched, we have to become carnal. No, you don't have to become carnal. 
Remember what I said at the beginning, you have to be effective. One thing that we we did many, many years ago is I took my face off of all flyers and graphics that mm. had to do with our now, my personal ministry stuff, that's different. But when it came to our church, I took our faces off, me and Pastor E, and I said, let's just make the message the focus. Let's make Jesus the focus. And do you know that resonated with people? I mean, I did series on Revelation. I did series on Jezebel. I did series on Babylon. I did not have to become carnal. But when people saw the absence of flesh on parade, and mm. self-exaltation, it resonated with the unchurched. And they would send yes. us messages and say, is this a church? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and they, they would be so drawn, but they couldn't believe, well, well, who's the pastor? I don't see the pastor's face. I don't mm -hmm. see the pastor's face. And people were drawn because Jesus said, if I be lifted, mm. <laughs> I'll draw them to me. And so one way you reach the unchurched is not through personality driven ministry oh, and marketing. Yes. Yes. Pastors, y'all got to hear me. Mm, Your yes. doesn't have to be on every flyer. Mm. You know, I see I see pastors, it's the women's conference, and the male pastor's face is on the flyer. Mm. And and when the unchurched see this, all that screams to them is narcissism. Yes. Yes, it does. So you may have a wonderful church, but you're losing them at the flyer. Mm. You're losing them at the reels and the stories because your presentation makes it look like it's all about you. People want to know that the focus is the message, that I'm going to be helped. I'm I'm going to be given answers. Here's the second part of this, and then I'll 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 end this answering this question. The unchurched will not respond to ultra ultra spiritualism i need it they're not going right. to respond to that mm. they respond to practicality mm. so if you can let them know for example i just use this example and now i'm going to i'm going to show you how you can flip this to make it practical mm -hmm. i just i just mentioned saul was trying to kill david david was a replacement david's employed by saul he goes there to play David's playing caused the evil spirits to come out of Saul, mm -hmm. but Saul tried to kill him. Now, here's what we did one time with that, with that story as a series. I did a series on how to work in a hostile environment. Mm. And you know who, you know, who came to church during that month? People that hated their job. Yes. Yes. Because they had a crazy supervisor. Now, yes. we took that Bible story that most people had never even heard. Mm. Unchurched people didn't even know yeah. in the Bible. Mm -mm. So, so now we made the Bible relevant to them because I mm. connected. How do you keep going back? Because see, people miss. David went back after Saul tried to kill him. He, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't go home and never go back. He went back. So I taught, how do you keep going back to a place when it looks like your supervisor is trying to assassinate you and take you out? And so mm. we took through that journey and people that were unchurched loved it. And again, wow. I didn't compromise being in the book. Exactly. We just took it outside the box and made it mm. practical. We had people get filled with the Holy Spirit. We had people be baptized. We mm -hmm. had people be saved and join the church off that practical message, how to handle a hostile working environment. Mama. That's how you reach the unchurched. That's Answers. how you reach them.
answers, practical answers. Yes, ma'am. Messages that they can immediately apply to their lives and yes. see results. Outstanding, yes, outstanding. Wow, thank you so much for your wisdom. But you know, I can't just end right here. I have to ask you. Look, I have to ask. I got you. Got to ask you. Look, what would be some final words, right? Final words would you speak to a leader today responsible for leading others in this 21st century? Here's what I would say. And I want you to listen closely to me. Lean in now. Lean in. If wherever you're watching around this, yes into me and I want to say what I've said to many I've coached and mentored around the world trust your flow trust mm. your flow you are anointed and grace to do this stop mm. second guessing that wow stop operating in imposter syndrome where you don't feel that you're good enough and qualified and feel that you got to keep punishing yourself because for you to really stand up and be who you are, you're operating in vanity. That is a lie. Mm. God has you in position. He has graced you. Now I need you to trust your flow. Now, why do I say that? Because I don't need you waiting on God to do something. Mm. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. I ordained you before you were in your mother's womb. God has prepared you for this moment. You need mm. to trust your flow. Release yourself. Mm. Push the envelope. Step out of your comfort zone. Shake off procrastination and lackadaisical attitudes and flow in the grace and the anointing God has given you. And if you flow, people will follow. God bless you. Ooh, glory to God. Well, thank you so much. I always like to end. I want to end um, with this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I just want to say that to you, Pastor Weathers. Um, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Weathers. I, I just pray continuous blessings, continuous doors opening for you. I thank God that he's preserved your health and he's just restoring you and making you stronger and stronger because you have so much inside of you that we all need, the world needs, the marketplace needs, not just the church, the marketplace needs the wisdom that's inside of you. So I I just say, God bless you, you and your beautiful wife, Ebony. Is that correct? Your beautiful correct. wife, yes. Ebony. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But thank you so much again for just taking time to speak words of wisdom and knowledge to the audience, the listening audience. And I know that they will be blessed. Can you just share with us before we close? How can they get in touch with you, get on your platforms and experience this continuously? 
Absolutely. I am, of course, on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Larry Weathers Live. That's Larry Weathers and an L-I-V-E. I also have a private network uh, that is actually on Facebook that you can become a part of. It's a subscription, uh, only $10 a month or $100 mm -hmm. for the year. That's actually where I do most of my training. So in there every month, I'm doing a live uh, masterclass. I also do uh, webinars for entrepreneurs. We do a Bible study every month. Uh, matter of mm -hmm. fact, coming up February, I'm doing a Bible mm -hmm. study on how do you handle the contradictions you see in the Bible? And we're going to go deep. Mm. And so that's where I do all that kind of specialized teaching. So however you connect, I look forward to connecting with you. Pastor Sean, thank you. I pray and speak the blessings of God over your podcast. May thank God you. let you be in arenas and areas that mm. you didn't even possible i decree and declare that even financial provision is going to find mm. you and expand this podcast yes. i speak global over you syndication mm. over you and god's gonna blow your mind this year and your faithfulness has mm. made his favor default mm. in your life in jesus name amen i receive that amen. thank you so much